Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, everybody. Randy, we yes. saw Star Trek Voyager Season 1, Episode 15, Jatrell. Yes, we did. Are you ready to talk about it? Oh, I was born ready. It's about your favorite character. Ooh, really? The Doctor? Yeah, it's all about the Doctor. Oh, awesome. Okay. Oh, wait. It's not about the Doctor. I saw this episode. It's about, well, your favorite character. <laughs> no, he's your favorite character. No, he's your favorite character. Ah! I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure you told me he was your favorite character. Uh, he told you? You know Neelix? No, I'm pretty sure you told me. Oh, I, I probably did. <laughs> Anyways, yep, it's time for Jatrell. Jatrell, original air date, May 15th, 1995. Ooh, we're almost caught up to present. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Yeah, this is the penultimate episode of season one. So, exciting stuff. Uh, Jatrell, the episode opens on the holodeck in Paris's program. It's uh, Shay Sandrine. Uh, we first saw this in the episode called The Cloud. Mm, and this right. one is about a sort of cloud, so it kind of fits. Another cloud. Uh, Neelix is playing pool against Tuvok, and he's complaining that he doesn't have a shot. Paris and the pool shark hologram tell him about calling a safety, uh, which basically sets it up so that Tuvok doesn't have a shot. So Neelix says, oh, that's cowardly, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to leave Tuvok with a, quote, impossible shot. Tuvok says the shot is not impossible, and he tries to use logic to get the perfect shot, but uh, he didn't know that the pool table leans a bit, so Tuvok scratches. <laughs> and he has a great line about something with the ship being wrong. Oh, the inertial dampener must be out of whack or something. I, I know that that's not what a Vulcan would sound like, but that's uh, it's late. Janeway calls Neelix to the bridge. She tells him that an alien ship hailed Voyager, uh, asking specifically for Neelix. Neelix recognizes the ship as a Hakonian shuttle. Uh, the Talaxians were at war with the Hakonians for about a decade until the Hakonians conquered the Talaxians' homeworld. So, some bad blood there. Mm -hmm. The Hakonian appears on screen uh, he says he wants to speak with Neelix in private because Neelix's life may depend on it. And he reveals that his name is Jatrell. Uh, Neelix is shocked by this and he, he's overcome with emotion. He runs off to the turbo lift. <laughs> yeah, I made a note about this uh, and just it was overacting. <laughs> like, he is really upset like his face is spasming like i'm like oh do you need some sedatives like what's going on this is uncomfortable well we're supposed to get that he really hates to trill mm -hmm. really face shaking hates him yeah and this is something that'll come up time and time again in this episode just in case you forget he hates to trill mm -hmm. uh then the opening credits when we come back from the credits uh it's neelix's quarters all those cups of water have gone, so... <laughs> his his quarters aren't just a giant, luxurious bathtub. Neelix tells Janeway that Jatrell is a mass murderer. Jatrell created a weapon called the Metreon Cascade, 
which destroyed Neelix's home, a moon called Rhinex. Uh, Neelix was on Telex at the time, but all his family was killed by this cloud of destruction. Mm-hmm. Janeway and Tuvok meet Jatrell in the transporter room. She tells Jatrell that Neelix doesn't want to meet with him. Jatrell tells Janeway that Neelix must get a medical examination because he was one of the people who went back to Rhinex after the Cascade. Uh, he was exposed to a radiation called Mitrinia, uh, or exposed to radiation that causes a fatal blood disorder called Mitrinia. Chitral wants to screen Neelix for the disease. Uh, in the mess hall, Neelix is cooking with Kess. Janeway enters and tells him what Chitral said, and Janeway and Kess convince him to go through with the medical examination even though he angrily refuses initially. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not sure if you noticed this as uh, clearly as I did, but there was some really close talking. <laughs> Yet again, I don't know if this is like a Voyager trope or not, but in convincing him, especially uh, Janeway, was basically right up in his face. Yeah. Like, like, Kess and Janeway made, like, a Neelix sandwich. <laughs> and there's one on each side saying, Neelix, you've got you've to do this. Neelix, Neelix, Neelix. And finally, he just kind of had to relent and give in and to go with it. Yeah. Uh, they're very convincing when they do that. <laughs> I'm just trying to think, like, is the Voyager a lot smaller than we've been led <laughs> to believe? Well, Janeway is very whispery sometimes. And, you know, she really wants to get close and personal. Yeah. Uh, Neelix and Janeway meet with Jatrell in a conference room. The discussion between Neelix and Jatrell gets very heated. Uh, Jatrell makes the argument that if Neelix had gone, uh, if Neelix goes through with the scan, he is helping his race, which is more important than punishing Jatrell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this convinces Neelix to go through with it. It's kind of like the good of the many outweighs the, um, I guess kind of chip on the shoulder of the one i don't know <laughs> well it's understandable that neelix would be upset since his oh, whole yeah. family got wiped out uh, yeah i'm not i'm not saying that i don't totally actually feel i'm not can't believe i'm saying this but feel for neelix but yeah i give what you mean uh in sick bay the doctor is overseeing the examination uh kess is by neelix's side as detrell begins his scans Neelix tells Kess about creating a foolproof Telchok trap. Uh, Telchoks are a type of vermin on Rhinex. He says he thought so much about catching the creature that he didn't think about how it would suffer, which is an obvious jab at Jatrell. Jatrell uh-huh. kind of just ignores him and finishes <laughs> his scans. Yeah, I think he's kind of basically got our opinion of Neelix. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I mean, Tetrell's probably heard all this from Talaxians since he's seen as this monster. Uh-huh. Um, and Tetrell determines that Neelix has Mitrinia. In Neelix's quarters, Neelix is lying down, and when Kess enters, uh, he, he puts on a brave face. He talks about they're differing lifespans, and now that he knows he has this death sentence with the Matrinia, uh, you know, he won't have to wait around after Kess dies, since she only lives nine years. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird. He's, he's like, well, hey, at least uh, 
at least when you're dead, uh, I won't be around too long. Yeah, it was uh, it was a weird conversation. Mm-hmm. In Janeway's ready room, Jatral visits. Uh, he's fascinated by Voyager and especially the transporter system. Uh, he wants to use the transporter to get part of the Metrion cloud on Rhinax, which will help him isolate the Metrinia isotope. Uh, so it can create an antibody. Janeway is very excited about this. Uh-huh. Uh, she orders a detour to the Talaxian system. Uh, Chakotay notes that this is a significant detour. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> someone points it out. Uh, but she says it might save Neelix's life. Uh-huh. So they're going yeah, go to okay. uh, She's very excited about all this. When Janeway gets science, yeah. When <laughs> when science is involved, Janeway gets very enthusiastic. Yeah, I mean, she's really into science, right? Yeah, I mean, that was her original role before she became a captain. Mm-hmm. As he's leaving, Jatral collapses, but he's like, "Oh, it's fine. Whatever. I'm I'm fine. <laughs> Just collapsing. It's it's good. It's all right. Don't worry about it." There's a captain's log uh, where Kess has convinced Neelix to continue with Jatrell's treatment. Seems like Neelix le- needs a lot of convincing. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's like, ready to bend to the convincing, Yeah, basically. And you just have to convince him enough, and he'll <laughs> do pretty much anything. Just get real close to him. And... <laughs> we, we're learning um, negotiation te- techniques for, for talking to uh, Neelix. <laughs> so hopefully we'll never need them. In sickbay, Jatrell is scanning Neelix. Uh, Neelix is upset that the Metreon uh, cascade was used on civilians as opposed to an uninhabited world as a demonstration of its power. Uh Uh, This is obviously like the atomic bomb from World War II. Yeah, this whole thing, I mean, we can talk about it in a bit, but it's a big metaphor. Yeah. Neelix is upset that Jatrell didn't stop the military from using his weapon. Uh, Jatrell says that Cascade would have been discovered by someone else, if not by him. Uh, it was inevitable. And uh, he's he was he's a scientist, and he wanted to know if it could be done to create this Metreon Cascade. Uh, Jatrell talks about his losses after the Cascade, after using the Cascade. Uh, he says he lost his family because his wife thought he had become a monster. Neelix counters, talking about his returning to Rhinex and finding destroyed buildings and mangled Talaxians, including a little girl named Palaxia. Jatrell uh-huh. uh, admits that he uh, knew he had become a monster when they first detonated the Cascade. Uh, this is like Oppenheimer, who famously, who famously said, Now I am become Death, the Destroyer of Worlds. After uh-huh. the atomic bomb was detonated during the first testing, Jatrell tells Neelix that Jatrell himself has advanced Metrinia and will be dead in days. Huh. So he himself was exposed. Mm hmm. Uh, Neelix is, uh, he has a dream. Uh, it's like this nightmare version of Shay Sandrine. He's playing pool against Jatrell. Uh, he keeps saying that he's not a coward when Tetrell tells him to play a safety like he always does. Uh, Janeway enters and asks him why he left, and Paris accuses Neelix of being afraid. Uh, Palaxia enters. It's clearly the actress who plays Kess. Uh, her face is all mangled and burnt up, and uh-huh. uh, she asks why he wasn't there to help. 
Neelix grabs Jatrell and says he's a butcher, but it turns out that Jatrell was Neelix. So it's kind of like uh, in Empire Strikes Back when... <laughs> the cave? Yeah, when Luke enters the cave and sees himself in Vader's mm-hmm. helmet. Now I'm just sorry, but now I'm just picturing uh, Neelix going into the cave and defeating Vader and finding out that he is Vader. <laughs> well, in a way, that's the way it works out here. Yeah. Uh, Janeway calls Neelix, which wakes him from his nightmare. He's sweaty and... Um, she, she tells him that they're approaching Rainex, and he, he can't speak. Uh, on the bridge, Neelix talks about seeing Rainex from Talex, uh, seeing the flash of the Metreon Cascade and the cloud covering the surface of Rainex. Uh, he's overcome with emotion again and leaves the bridge. In engineering, Jatrell tells Taurus that he needs a bigger container for the Metreon Cascade sample, or the Metreon Cloud sample. Taurus says, oh, but you just want to isolate an isotope, right? So this will be big enough. Uh, Taurus beams a sample aboard. Cass uh, enters the mess hall looking for Neelix. He's hiding behind the counter. And he took off his comm badge because he wanted to be alone. Neelix admits that uh, yeah, he was on Talex, but he wasn't fighting with the defense forces, as he's always claimed. He was uh, actually hiding from them. He never reported for duty because he told himself that he thought the war was unjust. But he says the real reason that he ran is because he's a coward. Mm. Cass asked what would have happened if he had been caught by the Talaxian Defense Force. He said he would have been killed. And she says he's not a coward because he was fighting for what he believed in. He says he's a liar, and that's why he's ashamed. And he's angry at Jatrell for killing his family. But Cass suggests that he's really angry with himself. And is just venting his anger at Jatrell. Uh, she says she has to stop hating himself before he can, before he can stop hating Jatrell. Oh, it's pretty deep. Uh, again, Kess acts as a counselor figure. Mm-hmm. Since, you know, Voyager doesn't have a counselor. In Sick Bay, the doctor is assisting Jatrell in synthesizing antibodies from the cloud sample. But Jatrell shuts the doctor down, having remembered how the doctor shut himself off. Uh, he pushes some buttons and a being forms in the container. So, what is Jatrell up to? Mm-hmm. This is where it kind of took a real kind of weird turn. Like, I definitely wasn't expecting this. Well, I was expecting something to happen because it was mm-hmm. just so straightforward up to this yeah, point. Yeah, it couldn't just be, it couldn't just be, oh, I'm sorry, um, I'm checking to see if you're sick. Right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Neelix enters sickbay to talk to Jatrell, but Jatrell's trying to usher him out, and <laughs> Neelix notices that uh, Jatrell's experiment, and before Neelix can escape, Jatrell knocks Neelix out. Mm. On the bridge, uh, Janeway inquires into how Jatrell is progressing. She gets no response, so she activates the doctor, and the doctor says that he was deactivated, and she asks the computer where Jatrell is and identifies that he's in the transporter room. So Janeway and Tubok head over there. In the transporter room, Jatrell is using the console. He wants to continue his experiments because he wants to, quote, bring them back. 
Uh, Neelix asks who, and Chitral responds, quote, the victims of Rhinax. Uh-huh. Uh, Tetral explains that the Matrinia caused the cells to undergo fission. Uh, he's been working on a way to rebuild the atomic structure of the people vaporized by the Metreon Cascade. He uses med- medical records to help isolate the atomic fragments in order to help reconstitute a being. Uh, Tuvok says it's implausible, and Janeway agrees, but Tetral says he wants to help and not be seen as a monster. Uh, he went to his government for help initially, but they refused him. Uh, he admits that Neelix does not have Matrinia and that this was all an excuse to get to Rhinax. And Neelix pleads with Janeway to let Chitral try. So Janeway and Tuvok use the transporter. Um, a person starts to appear on the transporter pad, but then they lose him. And Chitral collapses. Uh, there's another captain's log. Jamie says Jatrell's Matrinia is in its final stage, and he's spending his final hours in sickbay. In sickbay, Neelix visits and says that perhaps the Cascade was a punishment for all of them for their hatred and brutality. Uh, Neelix tells Jatrell that he forgives them, and Jatrell is about to say something, but he dies. Uh, as Neelix is walking out, he takes one last look at Jatrell and then leaves. And that's the end of the episode. Hmm. Yeah. Despite this being a Neelix-centric episode, I actually liked it. Yeah, I thought it was different. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a big, you know, Hiroshima metaphor. Um, and, you know, like you said, Oppenheimer, you know, is basically Jatrell and... Um, they were trying to kind of give you that sense of, well, what if Oppenheimer met um, met a victim of Hiroshima mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but no, I thought it was it was an interesting episode. And and Neelix, you know, was actually pretty, you know, interesting in the episode, I guess. I, mean, I thought he was good. I mean, the actor who plays Neelix is obviously very good. Ethan Phillips, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's actually very good. Um, and, you know, he gives it his all. And it was it was weird to have this funny character in such a serious situation. Yeah, he uh, shows a lot of range in this episode. Um, mm-hmm. You see him trying to be that happy-go-lucky, optimistic guy, but underneath you can tell that he's suffering. There's something wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it's a it's just like it, an extremely dark episode for like the show's comic relief character. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what a, what a good analogy would be like. I don't know, like, the if Jar Jar, if there was, like, a Hiroshima <laughs> allegory about Jar Jar Banks or something, <laughs> like, what is going on? Um, but, no, I, I thought it was, it was, you know, it kept me kind of glued to it through the end, and I, you know, I, I think less than you, you said that you had a feeling there had to be some twist to this episode and i well, i really wasn't expecting it i just thought you know well what's gonna happen i think it's kind of weird that um you mentioned that uh you reminded me rather that jatral says that the whole reason he said that um that neelix had the disease was so he could hitch a ride to Rhinax, and I was trying to think, well, does that mean his ship didn't have warp capability, or... Well, it definitely didn't have transporter technology. 
Oh, well, that makes sense. But how did he know that the Federation had transporter technology? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there must be stories about um, Voyager going around. Yeah, with... because he knew that Neelix was on the Voyager. Right. So I guess he must have figured out, oh, yeah, you know, I've heard of Voyager. They've got this crazy child transporter um, that could maybe suit my needs to create a or to reconstitute someone. I mean, there's some crazy stuff on this episode. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, but no, I, I actually, as hard as this is to believe, I actually enjoyed a Neelix episode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was totally captivated from beginning to end and Mm -hmm. which really surprised me, uh, I, throughout this entire, uh, adventure of rewatching Star Trek Voyager episodes, there have been moments where I'm just, you know, not really paying as close attention because it's kind of boring or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this one, I was just like, oh, man, there's like, there's so much to digest. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? That kind of thing. And, it, and for a change, it wasn't, I mean, it was something that they were out there uh, in the in the Delta Quadrant just kind of tooling along, I mean, ostensibly on their way back to Earth. Um, and they came across this guy. It wasn't like, oh, we're investigating a planetoid and this guy's there. It's like, no, this guy sought them out. So it wasn't, you know, yet another, oh, we're off, you know, tooling around on some little moon looking for something when we should be just trying to get home. Um, and it definitely wasn't a uh, space anomaly is actually a living thing. And it didn't involve time travel. <laughs> so, I mean, those are all pluses in my book. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I was just pleasantly surprised by mm-hmm. this episode, despite it being a very dark and unpleasant subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought they did a good job with it. Apparently, the the writer of this episode, um, he, in researching it, you know, he spent a lot of time researching uh, what happened with Hiroshima and, and Oppenheimer and everything, and yeah, apparently he well, got super depressed <laughs> doing it uh, because it's, you know, it's not a happy, you know, despite my nervous laughter, uh, it was not a happy subject matter to, you know, go looking into for weeks and months while he wrote this. So, uh, no, I think I think he did a good job. Mm-hmm. I mean, he even had the doctor. So there you go. <laughs> and it had it had that funny little Tuvok playing pool thing at the beginning yeah i thought was i thought was cool with his his vulcan rationalization that well you know the (laughs) must be the ship must be a problem with the ship because i'm so good with my like astro mechanics or whatever that i'm never gonna miss yeah it's always good to see a a cocky vulcan get taken down Mm -hmm. a peg but (laughs) but um yeah i mean obviously that scene served as a foreshadowing to neelix's uh afraid of being a coward Mm mm-hmm I think that's it. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about Learning Curve, mm. the season finale of season one. And after that, we saw them decided what we're doing. Yeah, we want to hear. We want to know what you want. Because, you know, we could just keep doing Voyager and go into season two, or we could take a little break and investigate uh, some strange new worlds, <laughs> if you will, with, uh, with Enterprise. So, uh, yeah, you can hit us up on, on the Twitter, um, the twitters.com. I think that's going to be a different site than Twitter. <laughs> uh, I'm at Danger Penguin. And I, you're... I'm at the Justin Shang. Um, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. 
All right, everybody. Uh, boldly go. It's all right. <laughs> Bye.